Welcome to the Jesus Image Podcast. I want to talk about the power of the word. And I know this is something that Michael has been talking about, um, I think for a few weeks now. But I think it's just so vital, you guys, that we read the Bible. (laughs) I don't know how we're doing it if we don't know the word of God. It gets weird. Amen? Yeah. We don't need any more weirdos in the Christian body, okay? We've got enough of those. Let's, get, let's, let's build the Word of God in our lives so that we can be normal. Um, but it's, it's so vital, actually. Funny story, the first year of Jesus School, and Dion and some of you old school Jesus School students would remember this, my dad came in for the first time. And we didn't know what we were doing. We were just hungry, Floy Beth. You were there too, you remember? And... Um, We were just like, man, we just, yeah, we want more of Jesus. And everybody was just so hungry after God. It was was beautiful. But I can say we were really wet behind the ears and just kind of taking a risk here and and, and just growing in the Lord. And I got to be honest, a lot of uh, swirly things were happening that first year of Jesus School. It's much more, yeah, we're we're much better at it now, thank God. Um, But it was just getting a little swirly and people were having just demonic attacks and all kinds of things were happening. And I was like, what did we sign up for? Dear Lord, this is freaking me out a little bit. And so my dad came in to preach for the very first time to our Jesus School students. And I said in the green room, I said, Dad, you need to just lay hands on everybody. Like just lay, I literally said that. I was like, just do what you do and lay hands on everybody because like our, and it wasn't, we really didn't have a team. It was like me and maybe one other person at the time. Like we, it was really, that's all we had. So we had to go deal with all these issues. And like, I'm not sleeping at night. I don't know. I can't do this much more. And I was like, so just go cast the devil out of them, lay hands on them. Like just do anything because this is getting crazy. And he goes, he dismissed me as he lovingly does. He did his hand like that. And um, he was like, I will do what the Lord tells me to do. And I was like, yes, sir. That was good for me. I needed that humbling. And then he said, how much word are they getting? And me and Michael said, well, yeah, they're, they're getting the word. But he's like, no, no, how much are they getting? And he goes, because the only thing that will get devils out of your life is the word of God. Uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely a turning point for us. It's not like they weren't getting the word. They, they were, but it wasn't the foundation of the school. Because whenever there's word, I'm sorry, let me say it this way. Whenever there's no word and just manifestations, it can get fleshy real fast. And we want longevity. And I want you to have longevity. And I'm telling you, without the word of God, you won't have it. You won't last You'll be one of those Christians that are a Christian now, burning, and then eventually you will not be living for the Lord, which we see way too much of that. And I can promise you the reason we see that is because people are not fellowshipping with Jesus in prayer, and they're not reading their Bible every day. Every day, Jess? Yes. If I could say it in Spanish, I'd say it in Spanish in every language I I could. Every day. It's daily bread, like the manna. Remember, it came down from heaven. That was every day. Remember, it wasn't good if they didn't eat it that day. It went, it went sour. So yeah, you can't live off of yesterday's bread. You need it every day. And so from that moment on, he came in, he laid the foundation. He told Michael and I, he was like, if you want a ministry school that's not weird and is going to have longevity, the word of God has to be the foundation. I said, okay. 
And, and you students that were with us remember, Elizabeth, you remember all of you guys from that first year, we started going so deep in the Word of God as a school. That was, that was really became the foundation and not, the signs and wonders come from this, this. And so that became the foundation of the school of course, building a foundation on Jesus Christ, but you can't know Jesus Christ without reading his word because then you're gonna just make your own Jesus and that's not the Jesus of the Bible. And so when we started to really just dig into the word of God, it changed our entire school. It's changed our church. It's changed, it's changed our life. You see our students, Esther and Amy and Ryan and Amy, all of them that, that now get up here and preach the gospel with such clarity. Well, that's from the word of God. They couldn't do that without the Bible because your testimony can only get you so far. When I first started off in ministry, which was in 2016, all I had was my testimony, which is a great starting place. Hear me out. Like, if God, to tell everybody what the Lord has done for you. But I didn't have anything outside of that. I just kept sharing my testimony, sharing my testimony, sharing my testimony. And Michael told me one day, he goes, Jess, your testimony is powerful. And you don't always share the te your testimony of what the Lord has done for you. And I always will. To the day God takes me home, I'm going to share that story. But he goes, if you don't get planted in the word of God and learn to really give people substance, you're not going to really be used as a teacher of the gospel. He goes, so you have to decide what do you want. Do you just want to talk about your experience forever? Or do you want to give them the word of God? And I said, I want to give people the word of God. That's gonna take them further than my testimony or how cool it sounds could ever take them because this is alive. It's alive. So, oh, it just changed everything. And I'm gonna give you scripture, and, but this is vital that we do this. And this message is actually, God typically gives me new messages. I don't, I've never shared this message at church and I feel like it's a now word for us today. But this message the Lord gave me years ago because I was at an event and I was riding with one of the other speakers, and of course they put this speaker right after me. I was like, this is gonna be fun the following day. Our, our messages were like polar opposites. <laughs> it was literally everything that I was teaching was the exact opposite of what this person was teaching. So I'm like, this is good. And I don't do like the fake thing very well, so like if I'm not feeling it, you can tell in my body posture and my face, like I'm just not. Like, I just don't, I don't agree with this. So I was like, smile, Jess, but no, you can't. That's, that's, that's not true. It's not true what she's saying. It's just not, I can't, I can't nod my head to this just because that looks polite. I can't, I can't. But when we were riding in the car together, and this is what I came up with this message that night, it so convicted me at things I, were, I was hearing. And she said, what do you talk about? I said, Jesus. And she goes, why? I said, because there's nothing else to talk about. And we were talking about the word of God and she's like, well, I help people, but I go to dark places. But instead of saying it's the Holy Spirit they're feeling, I say, oh, it's, this is a feeling. I go, what? You don't say who he is? She's like, I go to Burning Man and all these dark places and I just want to get them in the door. She's like, so I'll just kind of change the scriptures around a little bit. Just, yeah, this is a real conversation. I was like shaking in the back. I was like, Jessica, bite your tongue. Don't say anything crazy. But it, 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 it hurt me. I don't know how else to say it. And I said, no, we can't, but we can't do that. 
We can't change things around. And this was a minister. This was someone who has authority that was saying, I changed the scriptures around because I don't want these people to feel uncomfortable. And I was like, it's worked for thousands of years. I think it has the power to break chains. It's the word, it's like a hammer, as the Bible says. It, it cuts in the deepest places, as we're gonna even read about in a moment. I'm like, if that won't bring them to the cross, you doing this new age kind of experiment is not going to bring longevity to them. And that's why we're seeing so many people turn away from Christianity today, and like John Bevere said it once when he came, I think, to Jesus School a year and a half ago or so, and he gave us the statistics. It was heartbreaking to see how many people are turning away from walking away from Christianity altogether, and he's like, it was because it was counterfeit. They never got the real gospel. It's been watered down. It's been, that's why every time we give an altar call, you hear the Bible being preached because there's protection in the Word of God. I can't lie to you and say it's going to be easy just so more people will come down to the altar so I can feel good about myself. I'd rather no one come down to the altar and me tell you the truth than the altar be packed and I could just write down a number and go, okay, this many people came to the Lord today. No, 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 no. I have to answer at the throne one day. Take it very seriously. And he said, yeah, John Bevere was saying, People, it's become so counterfeit that people don't even know what they're saying yes to. We've manufactured a different Jesus. And it's so true. Like, like my husband, Michael, has said so many times, he goes, if you stood up 10 pastors and asked them for a gospel presentation, you would hear probably 10 different explanations. And he goes, and that's not okay. There's one gospel, one Jesus to be preached, one cross. So it's just vital, and the, you get this through knowing the word of God. So I went to my hotel room that night, and I was so troubled by what I was hearing. And it wasn't the first time I've heard stuff like this, but we get kind of spoiled here at Jesus Image. <laughs> we do. And... Sometimes you realize, and this is one of my first conferences I've ever done outside of Jesus Image, and I was like, I'm going to be Miss Independent, and I'm going on my own, and bye, Michael, and like, yeah, I'm going to just, I'm ready, and I called him, I was like, babe, I'm scared. <laughs> what, did I, what did I sign up for? And I called Stephanie, and I was like, I, I didn't realize, I didn't know that, I didn't know it was like this. I've been so sheltered in a way by, by what happens at Jesus Image and other movements that we're in covenant with, that I just thought that this was the norm. I didn't know people taught these things, and it, it shocked me, to be honest with you. And so I went into the room, and like the Holy Spirit just downloaded this message to me, and I just, I couldn't stop. I was just like typing away, because I was like, man, and I preached it the next day. <laughs> I was like, lady, you sitting right there? Yep. Thank you for giving me my message. Um, but... And I wasn't trying to be mean or anything like that, but I was just like, no, this isn't true. I, you can't water this down to please people because that would make people your God. <laughs> and that's a very scary thing. And as leaders, we've, we've done that. Or we actually can be controlled into fear where we're afraid now as leaders to not speak the truth because we'll be called controlling. 
or many other things. And what that does is it, it makes people afraid to actually speak the clarity of the word of God because that might offend you. And if I offend you, you're gonna make me your target. And that's fear of man. And we can't bow down to that, amen? Okay, so let's go to the word of God. All right, go to Matthew 5, 18 through 19. It says, I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law would disappear. Law? Well, I'll turn Southern there for a second. <laughs> not even the smallest detail of, I'm tired, guys. Sorry, we've just been a busy week. Of God's law will disappear. See, now I sounded like so sweet and proper. Law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, this is vital that you get this, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's law and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. See, to much is given, much is required. And like Michael said, I think last week, and it's so true, I have seen this ruin more people than anything. I'm not saying this is the only thing, but this platform just does something where you really start to, I, I mean, I, I could be guilty of this too. You start to live for the applause of people. And what happens is, like I just talked about, is you say things because you want acceptance from the people. Or we might worship a certain way because we want acceptance from the people. Or we might manipulate the scriptures because we want acceptance from the people. But when you're trusted with a platform, the stakes are higher. They just are. So you can't, you can't change anything, nothing, in this powerful word because you can't ignore the least, like this says, and like another translation reads, not a jot or a tittle. Do you know what that is in the Hebrew language? I learned this because my dad took Hebrew, of course. And he's, he was like the top in his class, but he was the only one in the class, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he always says, I was the top in my class. I'm like, but you were the only one in the class. But he was, he was amazing. Um, but he was just blown away because he was asking his professor, what is a jot, what's a tittle? And she was like, it's the smallest little thing, like a little accent, even, even more, maybe less great than even a comma. So when the Bible saying not a jot or tittle, you can bet your life that that means nothing in this word was written on accident. Yeah, certain translations can get it wrong, but the Holy Spirit, who was the author of the scripture, got nothing wrong not a jot or a tittle, like that one scripture that says, when the enemy comes in, he's like a flood. And I used to always think, and my, and my dad has taught on this before, oh, the enemy coming in like a flood. But no, there's a comma. When the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, I will raise a standard. Do you understand the difference that that makes of that scripture? You know, he's saying, like a flood, here I come. Not the enemy coming in like a flood. It changes everything. So it's vital that you understand that the littlest thing, there is no mistake in his word. Again, yeah, translations might mess it up sometimes. That's why I was like, I'm learning Hebrew and next Greek because I want to understand the Bible. He's like, I want to die knowing the Bible more than I've ever known it before. 
which is amazing. I'm like, you do that, and then you tell me all the amazing stuff <laughs> you learned because I don't think I want to take Greek and Hebrew. But uh, Michael's like, well, I'm fluent in Greek. I'm like, good for you. You both are just, you can have each other and talk about all that, and you can tell me all the stuff that you've learned. I'll just do it that way. <laughs> Those two are funny. But you can't ignore his commands. They're not something that you can just go, well, it says that, but I'm just not going to apply that to my life today. Or like Michael says, people go, well, yeah, the Bible says, but there should never be that after you say the Bible says. If the Bible says it and you're living your life in a different way than the word of God is telling you to live your life, guess what? You're wrong. This is right. (laughs) If I tell you something that does not line up with scripture, Jessica's wrong. This is right. Every time, every time. I won't do this game here because I don't want to embarrass anybody because we're live, but I've done it at the school. I did it with the youth I just preached at, at Pastor Randy's, where I have people stand up and say, who's read the entire Bible? That means from Genesis, some of you guys are like, yeah, good, don't do that, don't do that, Jess. But I'm shocked by how many people stand up when I say, who has not read the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation? It's overwhelming. It's typically, every time I've done it, about 80% of the crowd has not read the entire Bible. Many leaders have not read the entire Bible from cover to cover. How can you know Jesus if you don't read his word? How can you overcome the devil if you don't know the word of God? It's, It's not possible. Just like Jesus used the authority of the scripture When he was tempted, how much more is that what we need to go to every time we feel temptation? Because that temptation will come all the time. And you stand on the word of God. Like, I can't say I'm Michael Koulianos' wife, so devil flee. (laughs) My dad has had many crusades. Flee in the name of Jesus. He doesn't care. He's aware of the authority I have. And I can't hide behind my family who knows Jesus. I can't do that. My kids cannot say my parents are both pastors. So because of that, 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 that's enough for me. No, no, no. The devil knows the authority and it's only through the scripture. That's why Jesus, if anybody could have said, did you not just see what happened at the Jordan? Did you not just see the Holy Spirit descend upon me? Which was all amazing, of course. Do you not know who I am, devil? No, he said, it is written. It is written. He used the scripture. So every time you're gonna go through things in life, (laughs) if you don't know that, I feel sorry for you. (laughs) Life is hard. Temptation comes sometimes. Sometimes you feel defeated. Sometimes you feel like giving up. Sometimes you feel like you just can't even go on another day without like just feeling just the weight of the world on your shoulders. This is the only thing that's gonna carry you through. This is the only thing, and this is for leaders, this this part especially, you won't make it in ministry if you don't stand on this. You just won't. You won't be here in 10 years, five years, maybe next year, I don't know. But the only way you're gonna survive is standing on the word of God and fellowshipping with Jesus. That's it. Every time I talk to a leader that has fallen or made a mistake that I've, and unfortunately I know many, I'll say, what changed? Help me understand, like, because I don't ever want to 
make, I just don't want to go through that. What, what happened? Talk to me. They'll always say, I stopped fellowshipping with Jesus, Jess. I stopped reading his word. When our students come, and from summer, sometimes some of them will come to us and go, I, man, I was burning. Then I left school and, oh, everything changed. And I'll say, did you stop reading the Bible? Tell me truthfully, yes. Did you stop praying? Yes. That's your answer. That's why. That's why you started living a lifestyle of sin again because you stopped fellowshipping with Jesus and that void in your heart you're trying to fill with the stuff, but it can only be filled with Jesus and his fellowship. That's it. And the power of his word. So this is so, so important. So go to John 14, 6. It says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So does that mean there's another way to heaven besides Jesus? Is there another way to heaven besides Jesus? That's right. So if you hear the gospel and you don't hear Jesus, it's not the gospel. (laughs) If you attend a church and you don't hear about Jesus, you just attended a gathering, not a church. He's the one that makes it a church. If you hear the message of healing, but you don't hear Jesus, then run. That's weird. If you hear someone prophesy, but you don't hear the name Jesus, but you hear maybe like your address, weird. Run. Yeah, I'm saying that, because I've seen it. True prophecy is the declaration of who Jesus is. And, and Michael has said this many times here. We are now getting more wowed by give me details about my life. Tell me about my dreams. Tell me about wow me. But it's like, there's nothing that should wow you like this. <laughs> this should wow you more than anything in the world. I recently gave an altar call at an event. And right before me, somebody else gave another call to come down, but it wasn't an altar call. It was still good, it just wasn't an altar call. And it amazed me how the whole crowd came down for, to be used by Jesus and, and signs and wonders. Like everyone came, the entire event came. And then when I gave the altar call, a lot of people came and it wasn't, that, and thank you the Lord, but it was like, no, no, it was so many more people came down for the stuff and less people came to receive Jesus. And I thought, this is what's wrong right now in the body of Christ. Give me the stuff. I want the power. I want to move in signs and wonders. I want, I want the authority. But no, if you make a call for intimacy and fellowship with Jesus and first love and death to self, that's too much for me. Well, you're not going to walk in authority if you don't figure that out first. I promise you that. You're going to walk in works and flesh. But if you want true authority, the only place you can find it is in him. And you can't use him, though, to get that. Because then that's being phony. And the Holy Spirit only can fall on dead, yielded vessels. You have to die. You have to die. We preach this all the time. You have to die, you have to yield, you have to give your life away. God has to be part of your daily routine. 
Just like you need coffee, you need the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I need the Holy Spirit just to walk to my kitchen. Like by the time you wake up and all the stuff gets in your brain and the kids need this and this, that, you're like, oh, I can't even leave my house without you, Jesus. (laughs) It's so dark out there. It's so crazy out there in the world, and the church is getting darker, and things are getting darker, and we're the light. The church should not be getting darker. We should be the light of the world like the Bible teaches, but right now we're just too busy fighting with each other, so the enemy's having his way by just trying to tear us down through one another, but if we could just stand together and stand strong, we could really be the light of the world. Amen. Because there is a real devil. (laughs) There is a real hell. It's real. Heaven is real, and that's even better. And I want to go there. I want to go there. So if you don't hear Jesus in the message, like I said, it's not the gospel, and it's Jesus who moves the heart of the people. If not, it's just the speaker. Does that make sense? It's the way, that's why people... And I'm not knocking it. I just think that it needs to be Jesus that you're leaning on and not your ability to speak. But now people actually, there's seminars and classes that teach you how to present a message. I'm like, well, instead of that, like we tell our students, go in the prayer room, lock the door, get away, put music on and start praying and that will prepare your heart more than anything ever will. You don't need to be the perfect speaker. I'm not. You just heard how I just pronounced that word that was so easy. I I mean, sometimes I'm not the most eloquent, distinguished speaker. I don't want to be. Never once have I ever tried to study how to present a message to people. And again, maybe if you do, that's, that's between you and the Lord. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I learned early on through my dad, my husband, people that I just, just, love, I'm like, that's not how they prepared their hearts. They were locked away with Jesus. They were dripping in the glory of God. They took it serious, and because of that, they actually had authority, and it got into the hearts of the people. So it's his word that will break chains. His word, not my experience. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice. You know when he's speaking if you know him. That is probably at Jesus School one of the most common things we get asked. And I get it because I used to think this all the time. How do I know God's speaking? How do I know? How do I know? The more you fellowship with him, you'll know. If you need him to speak to you about direction, go pray. Please do not make a life-altering decision off of a dream. Some people got it. Some people are like, I do it all the time. Okay. (laughs) Things are confirmed. The Bible says there is counsel and wisdom in the counsel of many. And yes, I love dreams. God gives me dreams all the time. I'm a big dreamer. But I am not just going to go completely alter my life around because of a dream. Maybe I ate something spicy that night and it gave me weird dreams. I don't know. But I'm going to go to the scripture. 
if God speaks to me, I'm gonna go to the scripture. If he gives me a dream, if he speaks to me through a prophetic word, through a prophet that I honor, even, even if I get a prophetic word, I'm gonna, it's gonna have to line up with this or I'm not listening to it. Because some people can give you some really crazy words and mess you up real good when it's not dripping with the scripture. So everything in my life is weighed through this. When God told us to start Jesus School, we knew it. We could feel it in our bones. Guess what we did? We prayed. We went to the Word of God. We seeked counsel of many fathers and mothers in the faith. We just didn't go, okay, it's a feeling. I'm going to go do it. I'm my own leader. So here I go. I'm not going to read the Bible. I'm not going to fast. I'm not going to pray. I'm just going to do it because it just feels good. Because I understood what we were saying yes to. That's why we decided to establish this church months after we knew that God was really birthing a church here when we started the Sunday nights. We understood the cost. I knew what it would cost my children. I knew what it would cost me and Michael, our, our marriage, which is doing phenomenal. Of course, our family's doing great, but I understood like if we don't have things in order, this could be costly for us. So unless, until I know for sure that God is saying, start a church, I'm not starting a church. Because you have to weigh every decision. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you get into this for the long haul. Like, I'm not here just to be here today and gone tomorrow. This is, this is a life commitment saying yes to Jesus. But everything has to be weighed through the scripture. And you'll know his voice when he's speaking. I tell this story, haven't told it, I don't think, at church, but I went to a restaurant one time, and there were so many people, let's say if I was walking in, Michael was where the band is sitting, where Wade is. Wade, you did amazing today, by the way. All of you guys did. And there was so many people between me walking in and where Michael was, where he was over there, far away. So much noise, it was a loud restaurant. I was walking and I heard Jessica. He was giving my name to the lady taking the reservations. And through all the loud noise, I knew, even though I couldn't physically see Michael in the restaurant already, I knew, oh, I hear him. I hear my husband. He just said my name. He must be right there with the stewardess putting our name in. Sure enough, he was. Well, why is that? Because I know him. His tone, his pitch, the way he said my name is different than how other people say my name. So even though through all the noise, I could hear my husband speaking. Well, it should be so much more with God when you know him. You know when he's talking because just something in you goes, that's the Lord. That's not my flesh. That's not my opinion. That's not something else. That's Jesus speaking to me. The Bible says my sheep know my voice. So here I am, Lord. I'm listening. I'm coming. So go to 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. It says, go out and stand before me on the mountain. The Lord told him, and as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. And the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. 
When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? The reason I I love this passage is because he wasn't in all the noise. He was in a whisper. And to hear a whisper, what do you have to do? Can I hear a whisper all the way over there? No. I have to be in proximity to that person to hear the whisper. My soul has to be quiet to hear a whisper. My brain has to be at rest. My heart has to be at rest to hear a whisper. Because if I'm standing in my own, even when I'm ministering, my heart has to be settled into the Lord or I can't hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. Because sometimes he'll shift a meeting ever so slightly. He'll go, now it's time to, to pray for the sick. Now it's time to release the gospel. A couple weeks ago when I was ministering, or maybe it was a couple months ago, I was, it was a Sunday night, and I was just ministering, and I stopped, and I said, now it's time to pray for the sick. And Candace on the worship team grabbed me. She goes, I felt that too. How did you know, Jess? How did you know? It was, and many people got healed after that. She goes, how did you know to shift it and start ministering to the sick? I said, my heart was yielded. I was settled. I wasn't, my, my mind wasn't in the way of what was going on. I wasn't, even though I was aware I was in a room full of people, I was like, I was connected to the Holy Spirit and I, I could hear him when the winds were shifting. I knew how to catch that wind. And that's what here is, is happening. The, in the whisper, that's where Elijah heard him. And if you never take time for intimate fellowship with Jesus, you're gonna miss that whisper. If this is your time with the Lord, corporate gatherings, you're gonna miss that whisper. Because intimacy, my kids aren't here today so they won't get grossed out, intimacy is intimacy. My intimacy with Michael is different than my intimacy with my family, (laughs) thank the Lord. (laughs) The reason we're in covenant, the reason we're truly one, Michael and I, is because we have intimacy. And that's just for us. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's times I have with Michael, and I'm not talking physical, I'm talking on a deep spiritual connection that nobody on this world understands. Nobody gets it. There, there's this deep fellowship, and I, I know my husband so well. I can tell when he's tired, when nobody else can see it. I can tell when he's having a bad day just by the way he comes in a room. If you're married, you know, right? Some of you husbands are like, oh yeah, I know when my wife's having a bad day when she comes in the room. But you even know their walk. You learn, every, you like, you, you, you're so one that you actually understand each other without even speaking. Well, if we're like that with our spouse, how much more should we be like that with God? So that's why I say it's so important. If it's only corporate fellowship you have with Jesus, you're missing, a whole, <laughs> you're missing everything, to be really honest with you. Because if you only spend time with your spouse corporately, if you have no connection outside of being with other people, that's not a real marriage. And you have to look at this with Jesus, so you have to go, okay, yeah, church is great, and we need the gatherings of the saints. Paul says, forsake not the assembly. I feel like it's vital that we all come together. There's something about corporate worship that is just, oh, corporate fellowship, this is so vital. 
But if this is all you do and you don't have that intimate fellowship with Jesus, you're, you're completely void of intimacy with him. And there will be a satisfaction issue because of that. I tell this to our students all the time. You're not addicted to porn. You have a satisfaction issue. You're not an alcoholic. You have a satisfaction issue. Like that's a symptom, but the root cause is a satisfaction issue. You're getting this need of intimacy met through other things and you should be getting that met through the Lord and he would fill you so you wouldn't have this void of satisfaction. And you wouldn't have to fill it with other things that are all counterfeit, all counterfeit. So he speaks in the whisper. You don't have to turn there, but in Psalm 46.10, it says, be still and know that I am God. Can I just be honest for a moment? Oh, no one said yes. Okay. You guys are like, no, your honesty sometimes just scares us. But man, I would love to see more stillness and less movement. Like I remember when Michael lost his voice for those seasons, that did not stop his fellowship with the Lord. He actually got deeper in his time with Jesus and he couldn't even talk. And I remember some people said to him, how are you gonna minister if like when you get your voice back, you won't be able to scream and shout. And we said, thank God, (laughs) thank God, we have enough of that. Like I'm like, authority doesn't mean you have to scream it out. And sometimes there's time for that. I'm not saying that that's bad. But I was like, if God can't use Michael because he can't project his voice the way he used to, like scream in an arena, and he did an arena yesterday, I was like, how was your voice? He's like, it was amazing. Because he doesn't have to shout to get the point across. He understands in stillness God is with him, not with works and flesh. I mean, man, if you grew up in the 90s, you saw more Jericho marches than you knew what to do with. (laughs) They used to do them here at OCC all the time. I was like, my friends that weren't saved, like, what is your mom and everyone doing? I'm like, oh, that's just called a Jericho march. They're like, what? I'm like, a Jericho march. Yeah, I can't even try to explain that. And I'm not saying there's not a time for these things, but sometimes we get so worked up in our flesh and like Samson, who remember when the Lord had departed, he was shaking. I think I said this last two weeks ago when I ministered on Touching the Glory. He was shaking, but, but the Lord had left. Now he was in his own strength, remember? And sometimes when, when we're not secure in the stillness, we try to produce something. When we try to produce something, it becomes flesh. And then we do things in our own ability, in our own works, void of the Lord. That's a really scary place to be. There is this beautiful stillness where it's just like, hmm, I don't really care. (laughs) I don't care if nobody agrees. I don't care if I, man, I just ministered to the youth and they were phenomenal at this event I was just at. To me, they were, I I mean, it was all great, but the youth got my heart. But youth can be scary. (laughs) They don't lie. And I knew, I was like, I'm, I gotta do an altar call, just have to. And something in you in those moments goes, now I have to just kind of die. Cause I know that maybe no one will come up. And if I'm living to impress you, I will now jump into works just to get a response, just to fill the insecurity in my heart. But if I'm truly dead, 
that means as long as I'm faithful to the, what God is telling me to do right now, I'm doing all I can. That fear of man thing in comparison just completely goes away when you really learn to be yielded. And yeah, at first, no one came down. I'm like, nope, the Lord told me to do an altar call. Oh no, that was with the big people. <laughs> with the kids, they came down quickly. With the big people, it took a while because I did the same thing in the big conference. And at first, no one was coming down. And I thought, man, I can maybe say, everyone came down for another thing. I can just maybe say, if you want more of God or if you want to move in signs and wonders and everybody would come down and then I would feel good about myself. But I was like, nope, God just told me to give a gospel presentation. God just told me to give an altar call. So I'm going to stand here and if nobody comes, nobody comes, I don't care because this is what the Lord told me to do. It's his word and it has to be proclaimed, even at Christian conferences. <laughs> and then eventually just one girl came down and then when she took that, stand, that, that boldness and stood in faith and everybody else started coming down, it just takes one just to come down and go, yep, I'm going for it. I don't care. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what my family thinks. I don't care if I look silly. I'm going down to say yes to Jesus. That really, that's what it means to really die to your needs. You do, and it's just so freeing and liberating. Oh, it's awesome. The word is alive. You can eliminate the mixture you might hear because you know what his word says. Do you get that? A lot of crazy theologies are being preached now. Messages void of Jesus are being preached. Secular music is being sung in the church. All kinds of stuff. Well, if you are a true follower of Jesus, you go, mm-mm. That doesn't line up with the word of God, mm-mm. That doesn't mean you throw stones and judge, and I mean, gosh. But you can say, hey, you, you do need to judge his word and if it's being taught, of course, but there is a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. Facebook, not the way to do it. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Blogs, not the way to do it. But you go, no, no. What they're saying does not line up with what the Bible says. It's, this is not what Jesus said. So I can't, I can't say yes to that because that's not the gospel. But if you don't know him, you'll just listen to everything you hear. Let me find this passage. It's way down in my message. I'm not going to get to all of it. Oh, and if I go there, I'm going to mess up my place. I'll just say it. You know when the scripture says, don't be enticed by strange new ideas? It's like the Lord knew that there was going to be strange new ideas. I mean, gosh, I just saw the first AI sermon in another country on the news. <laughs> People are like, it was void of emotion. I'm like, you think? <laughs> it was a robot. Like, well, you think? Okay, Lord, deliver us. Let that never happen here, right? Never, never. Oh, my God. I'm not even going there. But I was like, yeah, gosh, now at different parts of the world, you, you die to stand on this word. People are actually giving their lives to stand on the clarity of scripture. People are actually taking parts of the Bible out. And if you don't know him, if you, then you're gonna think it's normal. If you're listening, to, like just listening to podcasts and YouTube and other preachers, if that's how you're finding your walk with Jesus, then it's not gonna last. 
because you just start to cherry pick. Well, that works, and that sounds right, and, and so-and-so said on a podcast, so that just must mean truth. No, 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 this is truth. And it will sustain you. I saw my dad years ago in the ICU. It wasn't good. The Lord completely saved him. His heart was having issues, and one doctor told us, we don't think he's gonna make it 24 hours. It was very, very scary. We were in there for a week, and of course, I had the responsibility of staying with him overnight. And he's something, every beep, he's like, Jess, I'm like, Dad, it's just a beep on the machine, it's fine. Be- Jess, what's that, Dad, it's just the, it's just the machine, every, what's, it was, it was like comedy and scary and lovely all in one. But what I realized in those moments, and people were dying next to us, people were, were not making it, we were on the ICU for, you know, hearts, it was not not a fun place to be, but in our room, there was a peace. I don't know how to explain it, there was a peace. And when my dad was being sedated for the treatments he had to do and all the scans he had to do, one time in particular when they were saying it wasn't looking good, we were sitting there, me, Joshua, and Michael, and he just started to quote scripture like I've never seen anything like it before. He was like in and out. He was quoting passages, chapters, I mean, I didn't even know that was in there. I knew he knew the word, but I was like, whoa, like for 30 minutes straight, just quoting the Bible, quoting the Bible, quoting the Bible, so much so it even scared me. Because <laughs> I was like, is he going? I'm not sure. Like he was so, I was like, I shook him. I'm like, no, no, you're scaring me, dad. Please, you're scaring me. But he was so at rest because he was aware of where he was going. The word was in him. So in that scary ICU that was, Death was all around us. In that moment, this was all we had. (laughs) We had nothing else but to stand on the word of God. That's it. And in those moments, it's like, and we all will face these moments one day. You go, either I believe what the Bible says or I don't. Or either I trust that God is with me or I don't. And if it's in there, it's like a reservoir. You know, like it's there. It, It can't go anywhere. That cannot be taken from you. That's why Brother Yoon, I believe, shared, even when they took his Bible when he was in prison, he memorized it. It was so in him that he's like, you can take the Bible, but it's there. It's inside now. You can't do anything about it. It's who I am. It's my life. And when it becomes your life, it becomes your source. And no one can take that from you. But we've got to build that. We've got to build that, that, that deep, deep understanding and knowing who he is. And that means even if everybody else you know turns away, you stand strong. Amen? I'm going to just give me five more minutes. Go to Hebrew 10, 23. It says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. You can trust what God says, and you can trust that it's true. He cannot lie. The devil, all he can do is lie. He's the liar, but Jesus cannot lie. He is truth. He's not just one who tells truth, it's just who he is. Do you understand? So if it's in this word, you can trust it. Psalms 12, six. I'm just gonna start reading for the sake of time. It says, the Lord's promises are pure, like silver refined in a furnace, purified seven times over. It's been purified, it's refined. His ways don't change, ours do. 
He cannot change. You can trust that what he says in his word is going to come to pass. It's scary when people do things void of his word. You're like, gosh, maybe all the people around you are saying do this, but the word of God says that you can't live this way. And you have to follow the word of God because there's protection. There's one way to have longevity in ministry, this. It's the only way. There's one way to have longevity as a Christian, this. You mean not my favorite podcast? No. And we have a podcast. But if you listen to that and not the Bible, you're not gonna make it. This is not gonna sustain you. You're gonna be living off of somebody else's experience of Jesus. And that just never lasts. I had to find the Jesus of Jessica. Not the Jesus of my dad, not the Jesus of my friends, not the Jesus of my husband. The Jesus for Jessica. I had to find my own Jesus. Let me explain that. It's the same Jesus of the cross, of course, but I had to know him for myself. I couldn't go, well, my husband says you're like this, Lord, so I'm just gonna believe it. No, that should provoke me to go, his life makes me want to know you more because if he loves you that way, that means I need to go dig in the scriptures for myself and find you. Jess wasn't free five, six years ago, 6, 2017, whenever that was, 2016, I got free. I'm bad at math, as you can tell. The only thing that got me free and why I still walk in freedom to this day is because I fellowship with Jesus. That's it. If I did counseling, and I don't think counseling is bad, if I did all the things but didn't find Jesus when I went and found freedom, I would not be free today. I can promise you that. If I go back to a life outside of fellowship with him, and intimacy, if I go back to not spending time with him, I will become bound again. Do you believe that? I will. Doesn't matter that Jessica in 2023, yes, it's 2023, my Lord, is preaching now. That's not gonna sustain me next year. If I go and start living a life outside of fellowship with Jesus, Jesus school students, listen to me. If doesn't matter that you went to Jesus school or you come to Jesus Image Church, If you're not fellowshipping with Jesus, that is not gonna last. You're gonna go back to your old ways. You're gonna go back and guess what? The price is gonna be greater at this point because you've tasted him. You know him. And then you start blaming somebody. It can't be, it's not my fault. No, no, you started not fellowshipping with Jesus and the devil got in because you stopped, that lifeline in him, you, 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 you just went away from it. That's why you're bound again. That's why you're in fear again. That's why you're living in sin. He's the only thing that will take you out of that life. Go to Numbers 23, 19. And I'm just gonna read it because I wanna honor the time. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he cannot change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? We need a revelation of who the Lord is. If you wanna know him, read your Bible. Hebrews 13, I'm just gonna read it, eight through nine, I just wanna give you scripture to what I'm actually teaching you today. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This was the verse I was just talking about. So do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace. I love how it says attracted, 
in this version because those things at times do attract us because we're looking for the next cool, fun thing. I don't want a cool, fun thing when it comes to my walk with Christ. Give me what worked for thousands of years. There is safety in that. If it worked then, it will work today. Not this deconstruction of the Bible saying, let me try to find a different way. That's very dangerous. Give me what, what the disciples gave their life for. I can trust that more than this hit pastor with glasses that aren't even prescription. <laughs> I had to say it. I don't know a few of those. If you see Michael ever wearing glasses, he actually does need to wear glasses. So don't judge him. You're like, oh, she was taking a jab at her husband. No, I wasn't. I'm not really taking a jab at anybody. I've seen so many people wear that. My daughter does it too. I'm like, no. She's like, it's cool, mom. I'm like, no, you don't even need glasses. Take, take that off. I'm going to end with this. Go to Isaiah 55, 10 through 11. It says, the rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. Listen, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Oh, just like... Snow comes on the ground, just like we can trust that if a, a, a farmer will plant a seed, that something will grow. We have to have the trust in the word of God even more than that. It always produces fruit. It's impossible. It's not going to never produce fruit in your life if you are saturated in the word of God. It will produce fruit, fruit that remains as the scripture says in Psalms, even people as they get older, if they, if they stake their life on this, there will actually be fruit as they get older. That means it continues to grow. This is lasting fruit that remains. But if you, put, if you plant yourself in things that are not stable, just like we know from the, the parable of the seed, it will be uprooted. It will not be solid. We need to stand firm, amen? Okay, I'm going to end with this verse. Ludie, if you could just give me a pat. It says, 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. It says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Church, can you just stand for a moment? I'm lovingly asking you, leaders, if you're watching, preach the word of God not your experience. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Yes, it's going to get harder in these last days to stand firm and preach the word of God, but the word says here, be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. So that means even if it's not favorable, even if it's not trendy, even if it's not popular, even if it costs me my life, I'm going to preach the word of God. Amen? And this is not just for leaders. This is for all people that believe in Jesus. Parents, preach the word of God to your children. They need it. Some of them more than others. They need it. Preach the word of God. Let it be 
what your house, just the, the atmosphere of your home and worship and prayer and the word of God being, being preached, it will sustain your children. The word says they will depart, but it will never, I'm sorry, they might go their own way, but it will not depart from them. I'm here today because my dad never gave up on me. He believed the word of God. My mom and him stood on the word of God over my life, and that's why I am here today. Joe, you're here today because your mom prayed the word of God over your life. We, we got to see it as a church. The word of God, it's like, a, like we just read, it's fruit, and it, it cannot not produce it. So preach the word of God. I just want to finish this, this passage because it's just amazing. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Pastors, yes, sometimes you are called to rebuke. And if people don't like it, they'll leave. Let them leave. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to a sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and they will chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Do not be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work and tell others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given to you. Church, this is a command from the Lord to do this. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can like and subscribe to help us continue to reach people around the world with the gospel. Give today at jesusimage.tv forward slash give. You can also join us in person or online every Sunday at Jesus Image Church. For more information on Jesus Image, events, Jesus School, and resources, visit jesusimage.tv.